0: Good morning and a very warm welcome to morning worship in the parish of Casluchur and Gorsainan. My name is Adrian and I'm the vicar and it's a joy to welcome you to the service on the first Sunday of Advent. You might want to use this as an opportunity to light a candle to remember the beginning of this special time as we prepare for Christmas. Advent is a time of looking back and looking forward looking back to remember the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem long ago and looking forward to Jesus' coming again, a time when all of God's promises will be fulfilled. But for the time being, we're in that in-between time and it can be a time of uncertainty and complexity and we think a little bit more about that today. During the service, Cos and Jill will be reading from the Bible, Heather will be leading us in prayer and I will be speaking to us. But as we prepare to worship, let me pray the special prayer for the Church today. Almighty God, give us grace to put away the works of darkness and to put on the armour of light, now in this mortal life, in which your Son Jesus Christ came to us in great humility, that on the last day, when he shall come again in his glorious majesty to judge the living and the dead, we may rise to life immortal through Him who is alive and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
1: From Isaiah 64 verses 1 to 9, or that you would tear open the heavens and come down, so that the mountains would quake at your presence, as when fire kindles brushwood, and the fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries, so that the nations might tremble at your presence, when you did awesome deeds that we did not expect you came down the mountains quaked at your presence from ages past no one has heard no ear has perceived no eye has seen any God besides you who works for those who wait for him you meet those who gladly do right so whom remember you in your ways But you were angry, and we sinned. Because you hid yourself, we transgressed. We have all become like one who is unclean. And all our righteousness deeds are like a filthy cloth. We all fade like a leaf. And our iniquities, like the wind, take us away. There is no one who calls on your name or attempts to take hold of you. For you have hidden your face from us, and have delivered us into the hands of our iniquity. Yet, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. Do not be exceedingly angry, O Lord and do not remember iniquity for ever. Now consider, we are all your people. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
2: From the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near, at the very gates. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day or hour no one knows neither the angels in heaven nor the sun but only the father be aware keep alert for you do not know when the time will come it is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge each with his work and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at midnight, or at the cockcrow, or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be now and always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our great Redeemer. Amen. Well, if ever there was a year where I felt I wanted nothing more than for God to tear open the heavens and come down and do something decisive, it would certainly be this year. There are so many areas of pain in our lives at the moment. COVID-19's brought a season of hardship and things just keep changing week by week. We're tired of it all and we just want to move forward. But the truth is we can't because it's not over yet. We long for God to come to wipe it all out and to do something different. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. Isaiah's cry of desperation resonates with the cry of many today. If only God would make everything clear. If only he would remove uncertainty and bring clarity. If only he would stop hiding and make himself known. Isaiah is suspended between confidence in the past and hope for the future. And he's left with uncertainty in the present. His confidence is rooted in what he's seen of God's actions in his mighty acts in the past. He rescued his people from slavery. He sustained them miraculously in the desert. He gifted them with a land of milk and honey and he drove out their enemies. And yet, this excitement at the power and presence of God with his people seems long past. A jaded memory that mocks him now. Isaiah does have hope for the future too, although he and God's people are currently living in exile, away from the promised land where they long to be and to stay. He believes that one day an anointed one will lead them back through the desert to the promised land of old, but not today. He knows that in their oppression they will hear good news once more, And the broken-hearted among them will be bound up and will be comforted. He has confidence that a day is coming when the Lord will set the captives free and the day of the Lord will come as promised. But that's all in the future. Today is just uncertain and it's difficult. That's why it's really important to remember that the Old Testament reading today is a prayer. Even though Isaiah feels as if God is nowhere to be seen and isn't listening to him, he still prays. In fact, he even dares to remind God of his responsibilities. It takes great faith to pray when we believe that God isn't listening. Surrounded by the many challenges of our current time, it's easy to feel as if God has abandoned us, as if he's nowhere to be seen. It's in those times that we can cry out to God, just like Isaiah, openly and honestly, even daring to tell him that he needs to buck up his ideas. He's big enough, his shoulders are broad enough, and he can take it. Yet, along with a hope for the future and an end to today's struggles by the fulfilment of all of God's promises, there is a danger in Isaiah's emotionally filled wish for God to come down and to make himself known to his enemies. For when God does this, he'll make himself known to everyone on earth, to those who follow him as well as those who don't. Remember that Isaiah's is crying out to God before many of the Old Testament promises have come to reality in Jesus. In the current time and place, if God grants Isaiah's request, he comes to judge everybody by his perfect standards. And if that were the case, who could stand afterwards because every single person that's ever lived has sinned. They've rebelled against God's love, his truth and his power in their hearts, in their minds and in their bodies. And it'll be years and years before the only human being that's ever lived in perfect harmony with God enters the world stage. What about the current undealt-with sin in Isaiah, his bedraggled and homesick community? Right from the beginning, Isaiah recognises that the problem isn't so much with the outside, the enemies and all around them, but what's within the godlessness within God's people's own hearts. In the New Testament reading too, Jesus' followers are also suspended in uncertainty between confidence in the past and hope for the future. Astonished at Jesus' words of judgment on the temple, which occurred immediately prior to the reading today, they ask when will it come, when this day of the Lord will be. In answer to this single question, Jesus gives a double answer, which is seen more clearly in Matthew's version of events. First, he explained that though he longed to gather his people to him, as a hen gathers his chicks, they would not be willing to be gathered up, and so ultimately destruction will come upon them. The glorious temple in Jerusalem... The Jewish central place of worship would be destroyed, alongside great suffering, within the lifetime of his own disciples. Slightly earlier, in Mark chapter 11, Jesus also warned that as the fig tree withered through lack of fruit, so too the temple would perish because it refused to recognise the Lord. His second answer is a little bit more agricultural. Using the life cycle of the fig tree as an example, Jesus relates how the signs of growth on the tree are an indication of the season that it's growing in. Tender twigs and leaves coming out tell us that summer is near. In a similar way, there will be signs and wonders in the world that those paying attention will recognise as signs that Jesus is coming again is imminent. One of those is that the Jewish temple will fall. Jesus warns, just as Isaiah predicted, that the powers will be shaken, and for all who put their ultimate trust and faith in giving temple sacrifices, their world will come to an end. Yet the good news is that even this message is shot through with hope. Jesus goes on to explain that in fulfilment of Daniel 7, the Son of Man who will be handed over and crucified and will be exalted, he will come on the clouds to the Ancient of Days on the throne and be seated at his right hand. And his followers will testify to it, even as they face death themselves. As a result, this message of eternal hope and redemption will spill out beyond Judea and Samaria to every tribe and language and people and nation. Just as the prophet Joel foresaw, everyone calling on the name of Jesus from every corner of the world will be saved and gathered to God. And for us, many generations on from the initial spread of this message of hope, we have the benefit of living in post-Jesus times. We know what happens next. We know that Jesus loved humanity enough to die a humiliating and painful death on a Roman cross in exchange for our freedom from our sin. For those of us who have accepted this amazing, life-transforming gift from God, we don't need to worry or fear about God's judgment like the people in Isaiah's time. They were waiting for the Messiah to save them. He's already saved us. Today, in our COVID-19 world of restrictions, uncertainty and hardship, we too, like Isaiah, can cling on to what we've previously experienced of God's goodness, whilst holding on to the hope of His promises for our long-term and eternal future. And in the here and now, we don't need to call on God to come down and get involved in humanity – He's already done that in Jesus. And for our todays, our struggles and fears, confusion and uncertainty, we're comforted and bolstered onwards in the knowledge that the Holy Spirit lives in us and fights for us. In such confidence, we shouldn't grow weary in doing God's work and bringing his peace to others on the earth. For in this way, we're in absolutely the same boat as Isaiah We don't know the day when Jesus will return for good and when all those promises of his will become present realities for us. So what should we do? It's tempting to go on pause and ride this Covid pandemic out. Once this is over, life can return to normal and I'll start again where I left off. But we need to live our lives as if Jesus could be coming back tomorrow. There's no room for complacency. So to finish, we share with Isaiah both a memory and a longing. And yet for us, the Spirit of God has been poured upon all, and the love of God poured into our hearts by that same Spirit. As we wait for Jesus' return, making his loving invitation known, and continuing his work for his glory, that's what makes all the difference. Amen. (laughs) I <laughs>
3: kingdom come, your will be done. Lord, prepare us for your coming in the church. Clean out the unnecessary clutter of our church life, the piles of dead habits, the cupboards full of prejudice, the cobwebs of compromise, and the sad rotor of forgotten dreams. Open our church to the free flow of your refreshing spirit. Give to our churches a new vision and hope, We want to belong to you again. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Lord, prepare us for your coming in the world. Come, drive away despair from our politics. Revive our dreams of justice. Restore our passion for what is good, right and true. Establish your justice and gentle rule where peace has been powerless and violent people have had their day set flame to the fuse of justice where arrogant people have defied the moral order year after year guide well the new springtime of hope where peace has come like a gift wrapped in reconciliation and gladness your kingdom come your will be done lord prepare us for your coming in our community in the problems of our locality Help us never to forget the supremacy of love. May love motivate our care for this neighbourhood. May love heal the social ills which drag us into despair. May love inspire our citizenship to rise beyond mediocrity. We name in our minds the problems locally of which we are aware and pray that love, gracious and practical, will find a way. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Lord, prepare us for your coming in those in need. Give us eyes to search the face of the stranger and there to see the face of the Saviour. Give us sensitivity to hear the doubt and hesitation and there with that person to share the confusion and the futility. There are those we know who are ill now, struggling today to handle the pain. Let us pray for them. For you to come to us in them, and you ask for our love. We give that now, as we name them and love them in our hearts. What we have promised in love and prayer, let us never forget to do. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Advent Lord, come ever nearer. Come to rejuvenate our faith. Come to fortify our social conscience. Come to open wide our eyes of wonder, so that when the Saviour comes, he may steal into our hearts and find them ready. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Amen.
0: Thank you so much for joining us as we begin our journey through Advent. I hope you've been blessed and encouraged by the service today. So as a new week begins, let me pray for God's blessing over you. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be upon you, and remain with you always. Amen.